Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of the Freedom Caucus podcast. Welcome aboard. Glad to have you. I'm Jody Heiss, your host and the communications chair for the Freedom Caucus and a proud representative of Georgia's 10th Congressional District. Let's jump into it. Uh, Just be very honest. There are many disadvantages for being in the minority party in the House of Representatives, as you can well imagine. And one of the reasons is that the majority, which of course at this point is the Democrats, they are able to set the committee schedules. They're able to decide what issues are going to be highlighted in the committees. They're able to determine when, uh, how, uh, they're determine what kind of witnesses are going to be in committees. So in every way, they've got the advantage when it comes to committees in, in every way. They're, they're able to lead the entire committee and kind of manipulate it, if you will, to highlight the things that are important to them. A clear case in point. Recently, the Rules Committee had a hearing where they were discussing Medicare for all. And, uh, of course, many of the Democrats right now who are running for president have endorsed this whole concept of government takeover of health care, a single-payer system. They're referring to it as Medicare for all. And let's be honest, when people hear the proposal of Medicare for all, it sounds it sounds rather appealing, doesn't it? I mean, after all... Who doesn't like the idea of free, and particularly when we're talking health care? Free health care, that sounds, that sounds good, but when you look beyond the slogan, when you start examining the details, you begin to realize just how radical this whole concept is, how literally unworkable it is, and massively expensive this concept would be. So we've got to get beyond the slogan. The truth is this plan is a one-size-fits-all. This is a plan that has no choice available for it for anyone. Let me say that again. This is a one-size-fits-all, and no one has a choice about your health care. That's what the Dems are pushing. That's what Medicare for All is. Now, this thing is riddled with problems. First of all, Obviously, there is the cost of it. The Congressional Budget Office recently released a report on a theoretical Medicaid for all type plan, and they came out with a figure of $3.5 trillion a year that this thing would cost the American taxpayers. Now, this means that we would be nearly doubling our already out-of-control spending. So we are already out of control, and just adding this one program by itself would virtually double our already out-of-control spending. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there who think that we're already spending too much on our military, for example. Medicare for all would cost nearly five times what we spend on our military. I mean, this is an unbelievable cost, and you add to that just the government expansion uh, that that is involved in this, and it becomes really a a frightful thing. The Mercatus Center found that doubling all federal, individual, and corporate taxes would not even be enough to pay for this proposal. 
So when the nation already holds more than $22 trillion of debt, the American people need to know how the Democrats would plan to pay for such an enormous price tag. The CBO report also notes that lawmakers would have to decide what health expenses would be covered under Medicare for All. So uh, we're, we're talking at the, at the end of the day, either taxes would go way up or patients would have to pay higher co-pays to see their doctors, which at the end of the day, wait times would go up. I mean, this is a disaster in every way. People talk about how pharmaceutical drugs and doctor visits cost too much now. But if the government came in and began to mandate that all these costs go down, what would happen is that we would see people begin leaving the medical profession, which would just further exasperate wait times. Uh, it, would, it would hinder and worsen the quality of care that people are getting. Uh, so th this doesn't even get to the key fact that so many liberals who want Medicare for all seem to forget, and that is that most Americans right now are happy with the insurance coverage that they have. In fact, there was a recent Gallup poll. I don't know that you saw it, but uh, you can find it easily. Gallup recently conducted a poll on this specific question. Uh, I believe it was in December of last year. But they found that 80% of Americans are happy with the quality of their current health care. The same poll also found that about 70% are happy with the coverage of their current health care. But instead of trying to find ways to cut regulations and to allow for more competition among insurance companies and pharmaceutical companies and medical professionals, the Democrats are wanting to add to the burden. Uh, their plan will massively drive up costs. Instead of finding ways to drive down costs, this proposal will only exasperate many problems uh, within the healthcare system. So next time you hear about Medicare for All being touted, uh, you need to know what the slogan really means. It, it, it really ultimately means a radical multi-trillion dollar proposal that will upend our healthcare system. It would eliminate private health insurance, massively raise taxes, and not the least of which a massive intrusion into our lives by Washington uh, through massive expansion into our lives. So simply put, you would pay more, you would wait longer, you would have worse care. But you don't have to take my word for it. I want to bring in someone to the program now, a member of Congress who was in the room for the recent hearing on Medicare for All and hear what she has to say. Our guest today is one of the most fearless women in Congress. It has been an absolute joy of mine to get to know Debbie Lesko. She represents Arizona's 8th Congressional District, uh, and she's been here since May of last year when she won in a special election. But since then, folks, I tell you, she has quickly established herself as a strong, strong defender of conservative values. She has led the charge for uh, Republican opposition on numerous occasions on the House floor. Uh, and I tell you what, we are excited that Debbie is also a part of the House Freedom Caucus. Prior to her time here in the House of Representatives, she served in the Arizona legislature where she was a staunch champion for conservative values there and 
uh, for the right to life and a host of other things. She attended the University of Wisconsin, which some of you will remember Jim Jordan, our first chairman of the Freedom Caucus, also attended. So there's got to be something good in the water up there in Wisconsin, I'm, I'm beginning to believe. But uh, Debbie and her husband, Joe, have three children. They live in Peoria. Uh, Debbie, I can't tell you how proud we are to have you on the program today. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Jody. Well, listen, let's uh, talk on a couple of things. Uh, this whole concept, you were in the uh, the hearing in the Rules Committee. You do a great job serving in that committee. We'll get to that a little bit more specifically in a moment. But this whole idea of Medicare for all, uh, let's talk the price tag. What, what, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, Jody, I think the better title for this bill should be Medicare for None. Uh, because it totally takes over the entire healthcare system in the United States and it's government run. So it actually eliminate the current Medicare program, Medicaid, Medicaid Advantage. Um, and this thing would cost trillions of dollars over and above what healthcare costs to the government now. There's been two different estimates from independent outside sources that it would cost. $32 trillion. Now, that's the Bernie Sanders Medicare for uh, All plan. Right, there's different the, plans. And, yeah, right, and yeah. this one that went through the House and the Rules Committee is actually more expensive, so it probably even cost more. I mean, this is ridiculous. This would double, uh, estimates have said, double our income taxes of all Americans. This is irresponsible. It's totally irresponsible, and I, I, I think you bring up a great point that even the name is so misleading because it is not Medicare for any. It totally destroys the, the entire Medicare system that we have, and it would be Medicare for none. Yes, uh, Medicare is already in financial troubles, and so now we're going to put everyone, including illegal aliens, uh, illegal immigrants on this plan for free health care. There's no co-pays. There's no co-insurance. It's absolutely free to everyone. Well, there's nothing free. Uh, you right. know, somebody's got to pay. And so Americans are going to be paying a lot for this. And that's why this Democrat bill doesn't even include how they're going to pay for it in the bill. They're just like, pass it and we'll figure that out later. Wow. Now, I from, from what I understand, uh, the state of Vermont has tried to enact a similar type program. Uh, tell us how that is working out for them. Well, even Bernie Sanders, who's, who's the author of Medicare for All, his constituents from Vermont said no. And they said <laughs> no because they knew their taxes were going to go up exorbitantly. And so, you know, hey, if Bernie Sanders' own constituents say no... Americans should say no to this radical Democrat plan. Yeah, and I think that's a great point. The American needs to know that, that Vermont itself is rejecting this proposal. It's not working, and it's digging into the, not only the pocketbooks of people in the state of Arizona, but the health care itself. Uh, and people need to know about this. Now, you do a, a, an incredible job on the Rules Committee, and I've had the opportunity on uh, one or two occasions to be in there with you. That is quite an interesting committee, by the way. Anything you want to say about the Rules Committee? Yeah, I didn't realize until I was asked to be on the Rules Committee exactly how powerful the Rules Committee is. In the state of Arizona, in our Senate, the Rules Committee could stop bills, but it didn't have the power like the Congressional Rules Committee does. And so if you're in the majority, you can do anything 
uh, to a bill uh, that, let's say it passed out of other committees, you can change the entire bill in the Rules Committee. Uh, very powerful if you're in the majority, and so that's why I want to get back in the majority, uh, because we have nine Democrats on that committee and four Republicans, of which I'm one, and so we're always outvoted. And uh, it, it's a good committee because I learn every bill that's going to the floor for a vote, and I learn about all the amendments. So it, it's, it's a good committee for me to, to learn. It's actually a good committee for any uh, member of Congress or the public to listen into because you'd know everything about the bill. Now, it might be a little boring at times uh, because there's a lot of talking going on, but, but it's a good committee. It, it goes on, too. I think people need to know, people who serve on the Rules Committee, y'all usually start after a, a whole day's work, and you begin late in the evenings, and there's no five-minute time limit per person to talk. So it, it goes on and on and on. But like you said, the information that comes out of there is incredible, and the power of that committee yeah. is tremendous. And and the other good thing that, that I like about it is uh, I get to speak on the floor. So what we call, it's called managing the rule. Right. So a Democrat on the floor uh, will manage, uh, they'll say, oh, we're in support of this bill because of, and then uh, one of our Republican members, including me, will rotate and say why we oppose oppose the bill. So it's a good opportunity. Uh, I'm glad that um, Kevin McCarthy asked me to be on the committee. At first I was a little hesitant because I knew that it would be a huge time commitment, uh, but I'm glad I did it. Well, we're glad you did too, Debbie. And y'all recently had a hearing on the Rules Committee on this Medicare for All. Uh, you mentioned a while ago about how this bill would hurt Medicare Advantage. Can you go a little bit further on that and how so? Well, Medicare for all, this bill, or I call it Medicare for none, uh, would totally obliterate all current uh, health care plans. And so I have a lot of senior citizens in, in my congressional district, and there's 70,000 senior citizens in my district that have Medicare Advantage, and they love their Medicare Advantage plans. My mom's on it. This would take it away. It would, it would say, nope, you can't have that choice, a Medicare Advantage plan, and uh, we're going to replace it with this government-controlled, one-size-fits-all plan. It also would take away all of the employer insurance plans that people have. I mean, that's 80% of all people in the entire United States have their health insurance plans through their employer-based plans. And most people like them. They don't want to change their doctor. They don't want to change who they go to. But, you know, this plan says, you know what? Government knows best. You consumers, you don't know anything. And we're going to just give you a plan that's going to fit everyone, no matter what you care about. And this is wrong. This is just a difference in philosophy between a lot of Democrats and obviously Democrat leadership, since they pushed this through the Rules Committee, which is a leadership committee, and... and uh, you know, uh, us people on the Republican side who believe in consumer choice and freedom and health care and less government interruption into our lives. Well, that's, that's powerfully said, Debbie. And I think it's important, again, for people to realize that we are not coming on this program just giving commentary. I mean, you were in the room. You were part of the debate. This is real-life uh, debate that was taking place, and you were right in the middle of it. So what you're talking about 
is the reality of the fight that we're in right now for our healthcare system. You mentioned a moment ago as well, and I want to come back to this about the illegals. Um, I think this is likewise something that needs to be brought to the to the attention of people. Of course, you were from Arizona. What's happening on, with the illegal immigration is important to you, to all of us, but to you uh, and your state uh, in a unique kind of way. But as it relates to um, this current proposal of Medicare for All. What would happen with the illegals? Well, I asked the question outright to the witnesses that were testifying in committee. Would this give free health care to illegal immigrants? And the answer was yes. Wow. And the Democrats think this is totally fine. I think it's okay. They, they think it's totally fine. They're encouraging it. And I, I said in committee... You know, my constituents in, in my district, and I think most people in the entire country, are not going to be one of subsidizing their hard-earned taxpayer dollars for illegal immigrants. I mean, this is, right. this is just wrong. And it also would encourage more illegal immigrants to come over the border if they're going to get free health care and free everything. I mean, come on, let's have some common sense here. I hope people are listening and they really get fired up and tell your friends, tell your neighbors what is going on with this radical Democrat agenda. Uh, we have to stop it because I tell you what, they already control the House and the only thing stopping this radical agenda right now is a Republican Senate and a Republican president. That's why 2020 election is so important. We need to get back the House, retain the Senate, and get reelected President Trump. Well, that's right, because, I mean, the truth is here in the House, it is kind of a mob rule kind of thing. In the House, the majority runs everything, every committee, every vote, every election, every person before a hearing they do everything, and the minority can't stop it. And so uh, your point's well taken. Let me shift gears just a little bit as we're beginning to wind down here on our time. You've been a longtime advocate and supporter for life, uh, which I deeply am grateful for. How did you become so passionate and so involved in the issue of life? You know, I used to be pro-choice um, because I didn't know any better. Um, I was lied to. Quite frankly, I was lied to, uh, was told, though, it's just a clump of tissues, nothing, you know, to look at. But then years ago, I went, it was actually at the Arizona State Fair, and there was a display there by the Arizona Right to Life, and it had little um, real-life, uh, well, real size, real size yeah. uh, models of little babies uh, when they're at different periods of gestation. And I was like, this is not a clump of tissue, this is a real live baby with mm. arms and legs. And then I knew I was lied to. And I changed my mind and have become a huge proponent uh, for protecting innocent babies' lives. I mean, and, and when people, you know, tell me that, well, I'm for pro-choice, I'm for women's rights. Well, I'm for women's rights too. But, but if I believe that a child is conceived is is a human at conception. If I'm not going to kill a five-year-old child, I'm certainly not going to kill a little innocent baby either. That's not a choice. That that's killing someone. Wow. Well, Debbie, listen, we are so honored that you are here 
that you are the leader that you are and carrying the torch, representing your district, your state, and the country in the way that you do. We're thrilled to have you, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Well, listen, everyone, our time has run out. Thank you for joining us today. If you have a moment, we would appreciate if you'd review this podcast on iTunes. And please be sure to follow us on Facebook.com slash Freedom Caucus and also through our Twitter handle at Freedom Caucus. Until next time, this is Jody Heiss. Have a fantastic remainder of your week.